Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. You know, the gospel is only complete because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, This is Bert Harper along with Nathan Harper, and it's our joy to be with you today. Uh, on this weekend of Easter, and it's an awesome weekend. It's a time when more people are thinking about church, thinking about God than any other week in or time probably of the year. Christmas and Easter, both of those. But Easter, uh, it is very, very powerful. So, Nathan, uh, what an opportunity for us to talk about missions uh, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the only reason there is a need for missions, isn't there? Yeah, that's the only uh, impetus, I guess, or the, uh, you know, the, um, the motivating factor. Um, if it wasn't for the resurrection of Jesus, um, then we wouldn't have missions. There would be nothing to talk about. There would be no need to go anywhere to do anything. Um, and so, yeah, this is the heart of uh you could say Christianity. You could say the heart of uh, life. Um, you know, it's all about Jesus and the resurrection. When Paul was talking about it in the book of Philippians, and by the way, the church, the church at Philippi was a great church. If you look for great churches in the New Testament, you'll find Antioch and Philippi, at least at, they're in the top uh, rung of churches. But when Paul was writing to them in chapter 3, verse 10, he said that I may know him. This is Paul, and he was talking about him knowing him, and he was trying to get those in Philippi to know God better. But notice what he, he concentrates on, the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death. So, Nathan, there is power in the resurrection, and we, we love to talk about that, and rightly so. But also, when you think of the cross and the resurrection, you have to think of the suffering that Christ went through as well. And a lot of times, we want the power of the resurrection without the suffering. You know, we're we're kind of picky on what yeah. we would want and not want, aren't we? You know, what's that, what's that song, uh, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die, <laughs> or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, we, we're, you know, we've talked about it all the time here that, you know, there's a top line and a bottom line to scripture. And, and we like, we like that top line of God blessing us. And we tend to leave off and forget the bottom line of our responsibility. What do we do with that blessing? And, uh, and, you know, the same goes for, uh, for, for, you know, our Christology, uh, there's, there's, um, the resurrection, but first, uh, first comes the suffering of the cross. And and Paul majored on those two. In the book of Galatians, he is talking about the power of the cross and identifying with the cross. And yes, we're to do that, but we're also to stand in the power of the resurrection. So it's both and, not either or. And really, in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, uh, Paul really gives the gospel 
in a nutshell. And I know John 3, 16 has that as well, but Paul expands that a little bit in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. I want to read that, and then we're going to look at a little bit of journey. Recently, we went through a journey through the book of Acts and the power of the gospel, but I, I thought, well, man, it would be good to return to look what that power was in the resurrection, so we're going to share that with you a good bit uh, today. But uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel, which I preached to you, which also you received, in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you would fast, if you would hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures." Uh, Nathan, the gospel and the scriptures, he, he lays them parallel alongside one another. So when we're in the scriptures, we, it's like my Bible professor at Blue Mountain College said, Dr. James Travis, he said, open the scriptures and make a beeline to Jesus. And, and that's what Paul does here. And he talks about this gospel being the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ according to the scriptures. Uh, he wrote that, you know, 50, 60 BC, uh, A.D. It hadn't changed in 2021, has it? Yeah, it's the same. Um, you know, there, you know, there was a historical fact that Jesus lived and, and that he died. Uh, he was buried and he rose from the dead. And uh, there's been lots of attempts to, you know, discredit that message. Um, but it's, you know, a true historical uh, fact, and at the same time, it was uh, prophesied in in the Old Testament in the Scriptures, and and here in the New Testament, you have Paul writing, and uh, you know you read First Corinthians fifteen one through four. If you read uh, five through eight, he names off people who were alive at the time of this writing. Uh, people in Corinth could could talk to these other people. You know, he named some of them of them by name, Cephas, talking about Peter, James, and then 500 other brothers, um, other apostles. Uh, Jesus appeared to them uh, after, after he died, after he was buried, and then he rose from the dead, and he appeared to all these people. Um, so there was, in the New Testament, you have an eyewitness, um, you know, firsthand account of seeing, touching, talking to Jesus after he rose from the dead. We're talking about the resurrection power of Jesus on this Easter weekend, and it's a time when more people seem to have that on their mind, opportunity to hear the gospel, to, to understand it. So we're praying that this would be a missional weekend uh, here in the United States, but also all over the world that it is good news, and it's like it said when Mary Magdalene and the other went to the tomb, and uh, and they heard the angel say, He is not here, He is risen, just as He said. And so we want to explore that today on Exploring Missions in the book of Acts a little bit. And Nathan, you were, we were going through this, and you talked about Acts chapter 2. And, and verse 22 and following, matter of fact, the first sermon, probably, that was preached after Pentecost, the power of the Holy Spirit falling upon the church, guess what? The resurrection was central to that message, wasn't it? 
It was central. You know, we just left 1 Corinthians 15. You could read that whole chapter. The whole chapter is centered on the resurrection of Jesus. And here's a whole message from Peter on, in Acts 2, and it is centered on the resurrection of Jesus. Um, I think the resurrection puts the good in good news. You know, um, there's, <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, the good news is news. The gospel is news. It's something new and unexpected and different for the hearer. Um, but the good part of the good news is that Jesus is alive. And in that sermon he preached, he quotes from the Old Testament. Now, a lot of times we say, well, where was the resurrection in the Old Testament? Peter was quick to share that. And again, he, he talked about this in 23 and 24 of about Jesus of Acts 2. Uh, having crucified and being put to death, Jesus, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death. God raised him up. And then he goes to David's psalm, Psalm 16. And uh, I'm not sure David and all the people had the complete story of Messiah and the death, burial, and resurrection. But listen to this. It's Psalm 16, uh, verse, verse. I would say, uh, verse 10. It says, For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, place of departed spirits, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. Nathan, you know, we we know about Isaiah and the suffering servants. We know about the Messianic Psalms. We see Zechariah, you know, predicting things, different prophets. But he, the resurrection was not as seen and observed. But after it happened, these apostles, through the power of the Holy Spirit, started putting it together, didn't they? They did, you know, it, and uh, it was the Spirit uh, within them at this point with Peter uh, actually putting it together, you know, and uh, who knows, he might have, this might have been uh, two pieces, uh, two points of the puzzle that have not connected yet, and then here immediately on the spot as he gets up to preach under the power of the Spirit, uh, he gets that put together uh, in this scripture. Um, you know, I don't know that sometimes that's what Jesus said that would happen when you get up to speak. Uh, you don't know what you're going to say, but the spirit will give you utterance and he'll speak for you. And I think that's what's happening here. I agree. Now, we fast forward in the book of Acts and, and we see Paul and Barnabas being sent out in, from Antioch. And we've done a study two or three times about the church at Antioch. It's just hard to uh, not go there when you're talking about a church being on mission for God. Uh, you kind of want to look at the church at Antioch that you find there in chapter 12 and chapter 13 of the book of Acts. But in one of his first sermons, the one that we have the most recorded, he's preaching, and uh, and he says here, again, in Acts chapter 13, I want to start reading verse 29. Now, when they had fulfilled all that was written concerning him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb, but God raised him from the dead. Central to the message that Paul was preaching was the resurrection, and God raised him from the dead. And, and People would respond to that. I noticed as you get further away from Jerusalem and you get to have probably more Gentiles hearing the message, the Jews being raised from the dead, especially if they were in the synagogue, which mostly the Pharisees, uh, you know, they were the leaders in it. 
Uh, they right. believed in the resurrection. The Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. That's the reason some some people say they were sad. You see, they didn't believe in the resurrection. But <laughs> but here again, the first right out of the beginning in chapter thirteen, when they were sent out, we see central to the message, the missional statement, the evangelism is the resurrection power of Jesus. Paul doesn't mince words, does he? No, he doesn't. And, you know, he, he goes on the, the very next verse, verse 31. Jesus, being raised by God from the dead, verse 31, he appeared for many days to those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are now his witnesses to the people. You see, mission immediately following resurrection. You know, here's Jesus. And and, you know, I, I don't know what's on everybody's heart, but a lot of his followers at the time were convinced, at least in their heads, and some in their hearts were convinced that this is the Messiah. This is the promised one. This is the Lord. And when he was crucified, maybe that was throwing that into, into, into doubt, into confusion. But then three days later, he rose from the dead, and then he started appearing to all his followers again. Um, I mean, immediately— that's going to that's going to convince them but at the same time it's going to compel them to go out and tell others about this uh, amazing uh, never before th- happening that God raised someone from the dead and he- here is Jesus uh, the Lord the Messiah and and so people are going out compelled to tell people about Jesus and, and what you see, it doesn't matter. That's one reason we're to go through this. Regardless of who he was speaking to, a Jewish group or mainly a Gentile group, or as you find in Acts chapter 17, a very aristocratic, philosophical group of people in Athens. And, uh, you know, he still has this message. And so in chapter 17, verses 31 through 32, Um, You know, he preaches again, and here he says it, because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. Now, he brought it in. Uh, This is him preaching. You know, he was talking to the Athenians about, I notice you got a God for everything, but I notice you got one for the unknown God. Let me tell you about him. And he started telling him, and when they started hearing who he was, they were wanting to hear more. But when they got to the resurrection, listen to what they did in verse 32. And then when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, while others said, we will hear you again of this matter. Now, Nathan, again, the resurrection, there's a lot of things that separate Christianity from uh, religions of the world. But mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, his life, Darryl, burial, and resurrection, that is the centerpiece. And it really has the same thought today as it did in Athens. Uh, there's some, we're not going to hear anything like this. Uh, you can't, quote, scientifically approve that since science has become one of the gods of this world. But honestly, it is true. And Paul wasn't afraid to preach it because it is the power of God unto salvation, isn't it? Yeah, that's why, I mean, you know, he wasn't only preaching for results. Now, he was wanting results, and he he had promises from God that there would be fruit. Um, and just like we have the promise that God's word does not return void, there will be fruit when we proclaim the gospel. 
but he was proclaiming it primarily because he knew it was true. And so, um, you know, the, he, he, he got to the part of the story where Jesus was raised from the dead and they, they kind of, you know, that's when this, the story kind of got interrupted and, and a lot of people didn't want to hear about that. Uh, just a quick question off the top of my head. Why do you think the resurrection is the dividing line is the, is the line of demarcation for so many people that, um, you know, they might can believe in Jesus as a, a good moral teacher and a model to follow for their lives. Um, and they, most people don't have trouble um, with the fact that, okay, Jesus was, he died on the cross, you know. Um, but then when you get to the part of a resurrection, God raising him from the dead, that's where people, you know, divide and, and disagree. Why do you think that is? It is that, it, it, I think it is answered in the book of John. John went out to prove that he was the very, he was God, that Jesus was God. That was his desire to prove that. That's the reason I tell new believers, what book should you start out with? Uh, the Johns, First John and then the Gospel of John. I mean, because you got to nail it down. And here it is. Jesus is the resurrection. It puts him, it, it, first of all, he is God. But if they don't even say that, it puts him equal with God. It gives him yeah. the power of God. And man right. likes to be in charge, Nathan. I mean, you know, mm. we we lack authority. And the whole idea is is that wasn't that Satan's first sin? I mean, he wanted to be yeah. like God. And w- what did he tempt Adam and Eve with? Eve especially, you will be like God. And so mm-hmm. I think that we, it is. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. And, you know, for an individual hearer of this message, uh, when they hear about the resurrection, if they accept that as true, then they have to accept the fact that, yes, Jesus is Lord, and my life is going to be different. It it has to change. Um, Whether it's, you know, the simple fact that, okay, he's Lord, and so I follow him and listen to him, so I'm no longer in charge of my life. Um, But it could also mean that, you know, I live differently. I, I work differently. I uh, talk differently. My whole life is going to change upside down and really right side up. Um, and so maybe that's too hard of a, of an ask, you know, for me to believe in the resurrection. Maybe people don't have as much hard time believing the historical truth of a resurrection. Maybe they have the hard time, um, you know, accepting the fact that their lives will be completely changed because of that. And even in Athens, verses 33 and 34, you have spotted this every time. Something similar happens here, the witnesses. So Paul departed from among them. However, don't you love the howevers in here when they're like this? However, some men joined him and believed. Among them, Daphnis and uh, Aaron. The Aragogite, I have a hard time saying that. He's a woman named Demarius and others with them. Again, they did believe. So here's the response that you have then. And Nathan, it really hadn't changed today. Some mocked, some we're going to hear more about this, and others believe. 
that is, has been the response to the resurrection. It still continues. Now, I know we got more people, so it seems like more and more people are mocking it because they're quick to go to, uh, you know, social media and, and downplay anything and everything that they can throw at us. But we right. stand in the power of the resurrection, and we... We need to be ready to give an answer, yes, and you've done well at that, and that is there's witnesses, and they have not been able to to take away the truth of the resurrection. It still stands today, doesn't it? It really does, and you know, going back to the idea of accepting the resurrection means you have to uh, realize your life is changing. Well, there are witnesses of people countless numbers of people, but also in, named individuals uh, who we all know that their lives have been changed by this Jesus who is alive and working in their, lo- their own lives. So, you know, resurrection is a, a historical point in time and event with Jesus, but it's also a lived out experience by his followers. Every day, we're the, you know, we, we die, but we're brought to life in, in, in his spirit. And so, um, yeah, we're all living this new resurrected life. You're listening to Exploring Missions on this Easter weekend, and we pray that this would encourage you and also would encourage you as a follower of Christ and give you some impetus to share your faith as your own mission for God. And part of the opening is whether it's across the street or around the world, uh, we are his witnesses. And the one thing that sets it apart more than a lot of things do, but more than anything is the resurrection. And finally, we come, not finally, but again, we come to Acts chapter 24. And uh, he's appealed and they've arrested him and he's before Felix. And guess what? Okay, we found him. We found Peter, and he says the resurrection is right in Acts chapter 2. When he first goes out as a missionary, the Apostle Paul in chapter 13 brings it to reality that Jesus is raised from the dead. And there in Athens, he's done it against uh, a group of philosophical, quote, educated, scientific group. He still says the resurrection is real. And now is in front of governors. You remember when he said that in the book of Acts, when he was called, it says, you will be witnesses to me in front of a lot of people. And a lot of them were those in authority. So he's called Mm -hmm. before Felix and listen to it in Acts 24, uh, 21. Unless for this time statement, This one statement, which I cried out, standing among them, concerning the resurrection of the dead, I'm being judged by by you this day. Now, when Felix heard these things, having some accurate knowledge of the way, he started making excuses and talking about it. But here, even in front of a federal, uh, it's kind of like being in front of a judge, Nathan. You know, you speak the truth and nothing but the truth. What does he bring up? The resurrection. It fits anywhere, anytime. And Paul was going to bring it up, wasn't he? He was was not ashamed. I mean, this was the good news. This was the point when, you know, when he starts out sharing the good news of Jesus. And I know you have had this experience. I've had this experience. Many of our listeners who who, uh, get to share the gospel and and provide a verbal proclamation of the good news of Jesus. you know, you want to start with, there's a lot of different places you start. You start with sin. You could start with God's perfect design. Uh, you can start with a lot of ways, but you want to get to 
you know, the kicker, the punchline, uh, the the story of Jesus dying and being buried and then rising from the dead. And until you get to the resurrection, there's really, you know, you don't get to uh, you don't get to the full story. Uh, but Paul's always trying to get to that part. Um, I find it interesting here in Acts 24, you read a few verses up from where you read. Um, and in verse um, verse 15, Paul saying, hey, look, I have a hope in God. And per- he's, he's just given a personal, personal testimony. Paul personally hopes in God that there is going to be a resurrection, a resurrection of the dead. Um, and you see how Jesus's resurrection uh, impacts our lives, that we can live with hope that they, there will be, for each of, each of us who follow Jesus, there will be a resurrection of our lives from the dead. And so death, when, they, when we die, whenever that is, however that is, and we're put in the ground, that's not the end of the story. You know, our Amen. lives go on. And, and we can live today with that hope for what tomorrow will bring. Uh, and it's because of Jesus and his resurrection. And that is the impetus for missions. And it did not stop. He was thrown in front of King Agrippa. And guess what he did? Listen, chapter 26, verse 23. Uh, he didn't change the message because of who he was, who was listening to him. But it says that the Christ would suffer, that he would be the first to rise from the dead. There you go, Nathan. The first gives us hope yeah. and would proclaim light to the Jewish people. And to the Gentiles, there's the mission. Even here, Paul is not only on mission for God, he's expression, the mission of God. You know? Uh, yeah. That's, that's, exactly. that's where we are today. Our mission should be, uh, his mission should be our mission, shouldn't it? Yeah, they should be one and the same. And um, that's our, uh, that's what the commission is. That's what the great commission that Jesus has given us. Um, and we, you know, here's Paul basically saying the same thing. Um, but he's making it personal that he himself, um, is, is responsible to be on mission, uh, with God proclaiming this good news that Jesus rose from the dead. The Messiah must suffer. And that as the first to rise from the dead, and then it continues, the resurrection continues the story of the resurrection continues as we share it with others, as we proclaim to Jew and to Gentile everywhere we go. And as we do, as we're doing that, we're proclaiming light to people that are in darkness. And and this is the whole message of the Bible uh, from the Garden of Eden all the way through. Abraham was called out so that he could be a witness of the power of God. Moses received the commandments to demonstrate God's character and his care for for mankind and the sacrificial, sacrificial system that represented what Christ would do. David, as he would set uh, prepare for the temple and Solomon would build it as a visual picture of, of, of the grace of God. We're talking about the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And going back to where we started, Nathan, the book of Philippians, that we may know him. Yeah, we need to know his resurrection power, and we need to also know the fellowship of his suffering. If we can enter in and do that, I think we'll be on mission for God, don't you? 
Absolutely. You know, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the power that dwells within us. And with that power, we're to go out and proclaim the good news of Jesus, that he is alive to all those that we come in contact with. And we say happy Easter. Good news, as Nathan said it earlier. The news is that Jesus is raised from the dead. That is good news. We ask you to share it with others that Christ might reign in your life and in their lives.